Hi guys, welcome to the Because Why Not podcast. I'm your host, Grace Leisure Peck Beeson, GLPB, as some people like to say. I kept all my names and added one when I got married. So today I want to talk about parenting or mommying or mom guilt or mean mommy syndrome or all of the above. This morning I experienced two rite of passages with my children. The first of which was that I woke up at 4 a.m., had insomnia. I also had my little guy, Fan, who's five, sleeping in bed with me because um, my husband came in super late from work and slept in the guest room, and Than would not go to bed last night, and I just folded, and he slept with me, which is fine. I love it. I love snuggling. I have sleepovers with them at least once a week. I'm all in. But I woke up at four because he was sort of kicking me in the side, and then I... um couldn't sleep. So I got up and I thought, well, I'm up. So I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to do one of those 6am classes that people do. Um, and that I'm never awake for. And I feel like my kids are now at the age at five and seven that I can get up and leave in the morning. Of course, as long as my husband is in the house and, you know, there and available, able to be woken up if the kids need, need him. Um, but I'm able to leave the house because my seven-year-old court can read well. And, you know, they both are great communicators. Um, so I decided I would go to exercise for the first time before school while just leaving court a note that said, good morning. I went to exercise. I'll be back by seven ten, knowing that he would be downstairs around seven. So I left Cheerios out for the both of them with cups of milk and water and vitamins and the whole deal. Um, and I came home, I went to, well, I went to my friend Elise's fabulous studio called Ride and I did a bar class with her. So it's always awesome to see a dear friend first thing in the morning and have a laugh. Um, and I came home and right when I pulled in the garage court, opened the garage door like he used to do when he was a really little boy when I would come home from work and he'd be with a babysitter and he was jumping up and down and waving and it was just the sweetest thing this morning. And of course he was totally fine. He had helped himself to the Cheerios and more because he loves to eat all the things for breakfast. Um, and it was just great. Like it showed me that I could go do that and that they would be okay. And that's a whole new level of freedom for me. Any mom understands that, you know, that especially someone like me, you know, everyone has a different situation in their house. Parental responsibilities are different in every relationship. Division of labor is always different. But in my house, I'm the one who is up every single morning with the boys, unless I'm sick or ask to sleep in, which I don't because I can't sleep in, um, or if I'm away for work or if I'm traveling. So I'm on morning duty and I love it because I'm an early bird. I always say I have FOMO if I miss the morning. Like I don't like sleeping in. I think morning is like the most precious time of day. I love it. I love coffee. I love early morning sunlight. I love the feeling that 
anything is possible in the day and you're just beginning. I love the sleepy little boys waking up in their jammies. They're usually so cute and so sweet. And I just love the morning. Um, and I have my routines and it starts my day. And, you know, I just, that all needs to happen for me well before 8am to feel normal. So anyway, I went to do this exercise class, came back feeling great. You know, court was fine. I was so proud of him and like, just so happy to see him. And, you know, I just, I love my boys every day feels like Christmas, you know, um, when I wake up to them. Um, but they can also be big fat jerks. And that's what I want to talk about today. First, I want to tell you the second rite of passage that happened today. And I don't know if I want to call it a rite of passage because I think of that as something positive. And I don't know that this is positive for me. It may be positive for Than, my five-year-old who is in his last year of preschool. He's in pre-K. He'll go to kindergarten next year. Um, You know, he will be one of the older ones in class. He's an October birthday. And, you know, they say that's good for boys. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But that's what it is. He's doing great where he is. So, um, yeah, we're walking into school, parked in the preschool lot as we always do. And this morning I dropped off court in drop-off line rather than having him park and walk in with us because that gives him independence. And, you know, it's just, it's a good thing to do. He's in first grade. Um, so Than has a crush on a girl in his class named Jane. He loves Jane. He told me not to tell anyone. So I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) but he loves Jane and Jane was pulling up after we were already on the sidewalk. And so I could see that he was pausing on the sidewalk and just sort of loitering. And he kept saying, go on, mom, go ahead and go inside. Go on, go on. I'm fine. And I said, are you waiting for Jane? And he said, yeah, I'm just waiting here. I just want to be alone for a minute. I just need to have a minute to myself. And I knew he was waiting for Jane. Well, I said, you know, I'm cold. Let's go wait inside. Um, And he's like, just go. And he's like, actually, I'm just going to go in by myself. I'm fine. I'm going to go in by myself. You can just go. And so for the first time, (laughs) he just went into school on his own, did not look back, was like, peace out, mommy, and went in. And I was standing there on the sidewalk, like, okay, you know, cause in preschool you walk them in, you like make sure they put their lunch and snack away, make sure they put their jacket and backpack away, make sure they wash their hands, maybe sit down and play with Play-Doh for a while. Maybe do some coloring, maybe do some perler beads, like whatever it is. I love to hang out there in the morning. I admittedly don't do it that often. I'm always like rushing off to a meeting or rushing off to exercise or rush, rush, rush. Like that is my nature. I am a busybody, busy bee going, going, going. But the days that I do sort of lean into those preschool mornings, it's so sweet. And I love his teachers. I love talking to everyone. I think the little kids are so cute. I love seeing all the outfits and, um, Oh my gosh, it's just so fun. But 
of course, yesterday morning he wanted me to stay and I didn't. I was rushing off to wherever I was rushing off to. Oh, I had a meeting at school because I'm a part of the PSO at school, which is like the PTA, um, cause I just wanted to add one more thing to my plate, um, this year. So I did that, which has actually been great. It's an awesome group of women, um, running it. Uh, and I love the school, so I'm happy to do it. However, yesterday Than wanted me to stay and play. Um, and I said, no, I can't rush, rush, rush. Well, this morning I was all geared up to go in and do Play-Doh and whatever. And sure enough, he wanted to go in by himself. And I was standing there on the sidewalk watching him with his back to me walking into school thinking, oh my God, this is only going to get worse. And like one day he's going to be walking into college and not looking back and that's exactly what he should do. It's exactly what we all did. Um, but that hurt my heart. Oh, he's my baby and he's very independent. He's just got, he's very strong willed. They both have minds of their own, but he is particularly strong willed. Whereas, um, court while he is strong-willed and he's independent he's very um I guess schmoopy is my word like he's more emotional and soft and you know um kind of thinking about my feelings and and um wanting to be with me and all that kind of stuff um Anyway, even though he's also sort of transitioned into being a bigger boy and always wanting to be with his dad. So let's talk about that. Um, I want to talk about mom guilt and mean mommy because this morning I had this emotional time with my boys. Court being so sweet and loving and delightful while he was being so independent this morning on his own. And then Fanny, who was just showing me that like he's growing up and he can be independent and he doesn't need me to walk him in and he's fine. And, um, these are normal stages in development as my wonderful sister-in-law would say, who's a social worker, normal stages of development. And that's great. Um, but they hurt and they're hard. Um, so last night, you know, I think was an example of um, why days like today hurt even more. Because I spent a lot of last night being really irritated with my boys. My husband, Maddie, has been really busy for two days with work. He's been largely out of the house, you know, he was traveling yesterday for work. He's busy. He has people in from out of town for work. I mean, it's been nonstop. So what that means, which is fine, because there are days when I go away. I was away in the mountains last weekend for two days planning a wedding. We take turns. We are equal partners. He is an incredible father and partner and all the things. I mean, he's amazing. But when he's away, I'm fully in charge and vice versa. So what that means during the school week is that I am, you know, doing my morning routine, 
the rush, 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 getting them to school on time, da, 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 all the things like that. And then I'm also doing the nighttime, which we know as moms and dads, um, that the evening is sometimes even harder because you're tired, they're tired. Um, you know, we have now entered this phase of life where court is playing baseball nonstop. Than is starting baseball, just ended basketball. You know, I have these very sporty sons that came really naturally. Their dad is really into sports, you know, but Than also plays the ukulele, which, don't get me started, is the cutest ever, and has just started drum lessons. He's super musical, and I just love that. Um, so there's a lot going on. So like me being in charge in the morning and in the evening is really, it's a lot. And it's a lot easier now that they're older than it was when they were little babies. And I was on my own alone at night a lot because my husband owned restaurants and was gone at night. You know, that was really hard. I've blacked out a lot of that part of my life, I think, because it was so hard, um, you know, getting them to bed on my own and nursing one baby while there was a two-year-old running around. I mean, Oh my gosh. So it's easier in the sense that like they can communicate and they can brush their teeth and they can go to the bathroom and, you know, do things on their own. I mean, they still need help. Not everybody in the house wipes his own bottom, but, um, it's easier, but it's still a lot. Just like the hustle to get from school to practice, to home dinner, you know, taking showers, getting clean, reading books, you know, and, I just sometimes hit my limits as we all do. Um, and I am not a very patient person, um, inherently. Um, I've never been very patient ever. Um, and you know, having children has brought patience out in me. I, I really didn't have patience of any kind except with my clients where I needed to. Um, but I really didn't have patience that I practiced every day until I had my boys and they brought out this wonderfully patient side of me. But when you have two children, two small children who need you so much and are relying on you for so much, but also are fiercely independent and, you know, highly energetic and, you know, so strong-willed and so just adamant about what they want to do and super vocal. And, you know, I said they're great communicators. That's also my, like, way of saying that they talk a lot. They make a lot of noise. They are always laughing or wrestling or trying to kill each other. They're either in love or or they're trying to kill each other. So there's always something happening. And there are days where I just reach my limit, right? Like we all do, especially when I've been on my own for days. So yesterday was one of those examples of like rush from school to drum lessons, rush from drum lessons to dinner. I agreed to take them out to dinner because Court, who knows all about food everywhere and just all about a lot of things everywhere, I don't know how his brain holds on to all this information. Um, but he was like, mom, um, you know, Tuesdays are kids eat free night. 
at the Carolina Ale House, so we should go there. And it turns out that it's right across the street from Drum Lesson, so I was like, okay, let's just take the path of least resistance. We're going. Um, I looked at the menu. I was like, okay, I can get something there. Like, whatever. They'll have dollar grilled cheeses. We'll just make it easy. So we went to dinner, but the problem is that, like, you give in to this thing that you think is going to make life easier or like giving in to him wanting to go out to dinner. Right. So I feel like I'm giving in, I'm giving him something he wants. He wants to go out to dinner. Yes, we can go out to dinner. I figure out, well, that works for me too. Like that's easy. We can do that. But then I just lose all patience because then we're in the restaurant and like people need to go to the bathroom. They need to wash hands. They're not doing it. They're like, or they're doing it and they need my help or they're loitering in the bathroom or then they find all the games and the pool table by the bathrooms and they're loitering there and I'm all the way across the restaurant and I can't see them. So then I have to go to the games. So then I have to get them back so they can look at what they want so that we can order. So then I order. So then they're back at the game. So then they come back to eat and then they're like fighting over their cars that they brought as toys. And then they're fighting over who got what for dinner because I ordered one broccoli and one fries because I wanted them to share. And then it's just like, like, why, why did I even take them out to dinner? I could have gone home and made my own free grilled cheeses and just like not had to deal with the drama in the restaurant. But as a mom, I wanted to do something nice for them. I wanted to take them out if they wanted to go out. It's free for them. It's easy for me, quote unquote, easy. Um, You know, but then I just like start barking at them. Like you're in a restaurant, boys, like lower your voices, stop barking at each other, you know, court. Stop lying down in the booth. I know you're tired. Just sit up and eat. We're going to be home soon. What, Whatever it is. Like, then I'm just the most annoying person on earth because I'm like, you know, telling my kids what to do over and over again. By the way, no one wants to listen to you tell your kids what to do. No one wants to listen to you do that. Your kids being annoying is way way less annoying than the sound of you telling your kids what to do. Maddie and I were just in the Dominican Republic for just three nights. We were at a great resort, but it had kids there. And so we would have to like hop around the resort to different pools and beaches to escape kids. But more than anything to escape Lucas's mom, because Lucas was in the pool, apparently doing dangerous things. And Lucas's mom would stand on the side of the pool and yell across the pool to Lucas to stop doing XYZ PDQ. And we looked at each other and we were like, oh, my God, Lucas's mom. Lucas is not in trouble. He's not annoying. But you know what, Lucas's mom? You are annoying. You are annoying. You are screaming at your kid while we're trying to lie here peacefully by the ocean or by the pool. We have flown to another country to leave our children and you need to drink a beer and shut up. Like just shut up. And that's what I was saying to myself last night. Like stop barking at your kids just let them be five and seven. They are not poorly behaved. Like really, they are really well behaved in restaurants as kids go because they grew up in restaurants. I mean, you know, Maddie 
had restaurants and they were born and raised in restaurants and until the ages of five and seven until this year. And they have great restaurant manners. They don't look at tablets or phones at restaurants. Um, I am not judging any other moms or dads for plugging in their kids. I plug in my kids plenty, but we don't do it at restaurants. We just have a thing about that. But they're well behaved, you know, but I think I just have such high expectations of them. Um, and that's my own stuff, right? Like I was raised in a house where there were extremely high expectations of us for how we behaved at the dinner table, no matter whether we were at home or out. Um, extremely high expectations about behavior and manners and communication in every single way. And I do think that in so many ways that served me well. Um, but sometimes kids are just kids, like they have to be kids, you know, and Maddie will say to me, you have got to stop nagging. Like you are nagging, nagging, nagging. And it's so awful. Like just, you know, you've asked them three times to put their napkins on their laps. If they're not going to do it tonight, just let it go. Let's have dinner. And he makes a great point, right? So I was so irritated with them last night at dinner. Um, and so when we left dinner, um, then Than was doing his like pitch a fit thing because they had brought four cars, matchbox cars into, um, the restaurant. And then court took one of them that Than wanted to play with. So he was pitching a fit on the sidewalk about his car. Then I just went into full mean mommy mode, full mean mommy mode, like yelling at him to get into the car and that's when my switch flips. And what that looks like is me saying things to them that don't make any sense to be saying to kids their age. I say things like, oh, maybe it does make sense to say to them, but I think I take it too far. But it's things like, you know, you wanted to go out to dinner and I agreed to do that. And you act horribly. What you do in return is you act horribly and you have terrible manners and you are making a scene and screaming at each other and running away from me and behaving badly and making my life miserable and then lying down on the sidewalk screaming and fighting over this and that and you know so I always am trying to like rationalize with them and reason with them and I just don't know that that makes sense like I don't think that that's the right method. You know, they have lizard brains. I mean, I think that we have lizard brains until we're 25. Like your brain's not fully developed until you're 25 or like you're really not making any sort of rational decisions until you're maybe 14. I don't know. I need to do more research, but I'm trying to rationalize with them. And, and I think they do hear me and understand on some level, but then I go into mean mommy mode, which is, you know what? If you want mean mommy, that's what you're going to get. I've been giving you nice mommy. I'm going to give you mean mommy. If you can't listen to me and behave and do what I ask, you're getting mean mommy. Or you know what? Even better. I'll go move to the Dominican Republic and I'll send someone else back who can be your mean mommy. And you can see how that feels. And then maybe you'll miss your nice mommy and wish that you'd been nice to your nice mommy. But I won't be here anymore. Okay, so... That's not cool because that is like emotional sabotage, 
I don't even know if that's what you would call it, but like, do I need to be telling my five and seven year old that I'm going to flee the country and no longer be their mom because they misbehaved in a restaurant and they were being super irritating and, you know, asking me for things over and over and over again or whatever it was. I mean, you know, it just, I don't know that that's the best way to do it. Like they're little, that makes them feel scared. Like mommy's going to leave. You're going to move to another country because I was pitching a fit in the restaurant. I don't, you know, that's not nice. Like that's not the way to go. So I'm trying to work on like teaching them their manners and, you know, talking to them about behavior. Um, but I need to do that without scaring them or like terrorizing them. And at the same time, I need to understand that like, it's nighttime. They've been at school for nine hours. They go to school at 8.30. On certain days, they're at aftercare from 3 to 5.30. And then they're going to lessons and baseball. Like, they're tired. And if I don't want to deal with them being tired and crabby, I need to have them in fewer activities, right? Or I just need to be putting my foot down and bringing them home. And as a mom, I'm so guilty of often doing more than, um, we should be doing because I want to give them experiences when really, you know, sometimes days don't need to be packed with so many things. We just need to be at home doing nothing because, you know, they need downtime and so do we, and they need to be bored, um, and like not have activities all the time. And so I have been working a lot on that, but you know, I do need to really work on not flipping out and becoming mean, scary mommy when they are just being themselves because the result of mean mommy is just not good. It's gut-wrenching. It's hard for me to watch. I mean, you know, they'll say to me now, they're at the age now where they'll say, you're not being nice. Like, you're not being nice to us. You're being mean. Or Than will say, I'm not talking to you until you're going to be nice to me again. Stop being mean to me. I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, don't be mean to me. And he's five, but I'm super proud of him for being so communicative because I certainly didn't communicate with my mom that way. You know, I mean, there was zero communication in that way about feelings ever. So I'm really proud of him. And we do talk about our feelings a lot. And I'm glad that he stands up for himself and says, you're being mean. Stop talking to me. Um, but also they're very sensitive creatures. And I know that on some level they're internalizing it. And, and so, you know, to, to that point, there are two moments when I saw them internalizing, you know, what they were feeling from me or getting from me last night. One of which was when um, we were at the drum lessons and Court had time to himself while Than was in drum lessons. And he was saying, you know, I'm hungry. I want a snack. Will you buy me a snack? Buy me a snack. Buy me a snack. I mean, he always is hungry. That's another issue. And I think I, you know, we'll talk plenty about hunger and emotional hunger and emotional eating because that's kind of like my cross to bear in life. Um and I'm learning what that means for my kids and like recognizing their real hunger versus emotional hunger because they are also growing boys and that's real. And I'm learning about that. But, 
you know, I brought them smoothies that I made after school, and that's my way of like pumping them full of nutrients and vegetables that they won't eat as real food. So they had smoothies, and Court was nagging me to buy a snack, and then nagging me to look at scores on my phone, which literally means opening up CBS Sports and looking at scores from all sporting events across the board. Like, it's crazy. But anyway, um, oh, and I was like, stop asking me for things. You're driving me crazy. And I said that to him. And you know what he said to me in his sweet little voice? He said, mommy, I don't want you to be mad at me because I'm hungry. I don't want you to be mean to me because I'm hungry. And it just like stopped me in my tracks. I thought, oh my God, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm like telling him to stop nagging me. And he's hungry. Like maybe he's legitimately hungry. And I'm starving him. You know, so I think as a mom, so often you feel like I'm failing. You know? And 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 then and then last night, you know, Than, I, I put him to bed. Got him all settled. I went to go put Court to bed. I was staying there talking to him and he wanted me to scratch his back and sing to him. And how do you say no to that? Because one day that'll be gone. He's not going to ask me to scratch his back and sing to him every night. Right. So then I finished up with Court and then Than was really pissed because as he says to me often, you spent more time with him. You read him more stories. You spent more time with him. I need more time. And then he was all upset. So I went in to go spend more time with him and I was like, listen, you got to chill out. Like I was in there with court, you know, we were reading, he was talking to me. He was being really sweet. I just stayed there longer. And he heard me say court was being really sweet. And he said, I was being sweet too. You don't like me. And then he started crying and he ran out of his room to go hide in the laundry room. Oh my God drama. And it was just drama. But at the same time, I'm like, Oh my God, I suck. I suck. Like he thinks I don't like him, you know? And of course that's not entirely true. I mean, I do think kids know how to push your buttons and work you. And yet I am their mom and I'm supposed to love them and make them feel safe and cared for. And you know, their emotional manipulation of me works. It works because all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, in the laundry room with Than, like, you know, no, of course, of course I like you. I love you. You're my baby. Let's go lie down. I'll scratch your back. I'll sing you a song. It's all going to be okay. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh my God. And then, like I told you, he ended up in my bed, right? Because he does this thing where, you know, well, I'm having nightmares, mommy. And so, you know, I can't stop seeing the faces of the Panthers in my brain with the red eyes. And it's really scary. And so if I'm really scared, can I come into your room? Yes, of course. You know, I'm just down the hall. I'm there for you if you need me. Um, but I need for you to try to go to bed. Like I need for you to, you know, stay in your room and I'm going to go take a bath and on and on. Um, but he ended up in my bed. I mean, you know, 
I, I cried uncle last night. I was like, game over. It is 9.30. I'm going to put on my Whoopi Bluetooth face mask. I'm going to listen to meditation until I fall asleep and the day is done. But I went to bed having made peace with them and ending the day in the sweetest way, which I love and adore. I love bedtime, you know, with hugs and kisses and conversation and sweetness and stories. And I was able to put mean mommy, um, behind me and, um, yet, you know, the mom guilt just lingers, doesn't it? I mean, we all feel that mom guilt is so real and I'm, I'm sure it's the same for dads in particular who are raising their children on their own or who are stay at home dads. But when you are sort of the one who's the primary, let's say emotional, well, I don't know, like, cause I can't say that Maddie's not like he's, he's an incredible emotional support and he's so loving. He's so wonderful in all those ways, but he's able to let go of their stuff. Like he doesn't let them emotionally sabotage or manipulate him. And I think that mom guilt is just a real thing. And I'm not sure where that comes from because to be honest, I'm not certain that my mom had it. And so I don't know if it's generational. I do think that we as parents in this generation, um, are particularly focused on being great parents. And we think so much about our parenting, you know, I mean, our parents thought so much about all the ways to give us great lives or take care of us. Um, and I'm speaking for my parents, like, you know, take good care of them. Like, they have a great place to live. They go to a great school. They have activities we drive them to and from. They have all the opportunities. They have, you know, love and support. But there wasn't a lot of, um, I don't know that my parents were sitting back and reflecting on their parenting. I, I certainly do think that my dad did because we've had conversations about it later in life. And, and I do think he really thought about how he did as a parent because in many ways, he was a single dad for years because my parents were divorced. But I'm not certain my mom thought about how she was as a parent. Um, she's not self-reflective in that way. Um, introspective, self-reflective. And we live in a generation where parenting is like a sport. It's a skill. It's a sport. It's a full-time job that people take very seriously, um, as they should, right? Like raising kids is no joke. It's no joke. And there's so many kids who don't have good parents or don't have good homes, don't even have a place to live. I mean, you know, the kids who we do choose to have, we owe it to them to do the best we can for them to do right by them. Like that's the choice that we made by becoming parents is that it's no longer about us. It's about them. And I believe that even though I have my own business and I 
have passions and things I like to do. And, and truly this is one of them. I mean, this is, this is for me. Um, and it's important to have things that are for you. And, you know, as it relates to this podcast, I think about my boys having things they can listen to later on and hear my voice and hear how much I loved them and maybe how hard I tried, you know, and fess up to how often I felt I failed, but how I was always trying to do the best I could for them. Um, But the point being that, you know, parenting is a thing we think about as parents now, like, how are we doing? Are we doing everything we can for them? Are their days fully enjoyable? Are they full? Are they, you know, diverse? Are they going to the, I remember before they were in school full time, I would always think like, okay, well, we'll have breakfast and then we'll read and then I'll take them to the park and then we'll go to lunch and then we'll have a play date with a friend and then we'll go to the museum and we'll go to the library. And it took me years to realize like, I'm a camp director. I'm a camp counselor in as much as I'm anything else. And while it's easier with my boys now being in school full time, school full time, you know, the emotional part is so much harder because they hear, listen to, and internalize everything I'm saying. And even though they're young, I know that all the ways I speak to them and behave towards them are sitting like a blueprint on their soul. I believe that. I mean, I heard someone say once, every time you scream, you crush a piece of your child's soul. Okay, well, that's like the worst thing you could ever hear. I mean, seriously, we all scream and yell, don't we? We all have moments where we yell. It's awful. No one wants to yell. It's awful. But sometimes it's unavoidable. And if you really thought that you were chipping away at your kid's soul every time you were yelling, could you even live with yourself? I mean, sometimes you have to yell. I was yelling this morning from the garage door to the cul-de-sac for the 50th time. Please bring your hockey stick and your puck and your net inside and get your backpack and get in the car and buckle up. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. How many times do you have to say put on your shoes before you have to raise your voice? I mean, sometimes yelling is unavoidable or speaking to them sternly. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying that parenting is really hard. It's incredibly hard if you are focused on doing a good job. And I am, we are, we are focused on doing a good job. And I think so many of us are, we want them to be happy, healthy, well-rounded kids. We want them to be kind, caring, empathetic people. Um, We also want them to grow up and save our planet. I mean, let's be honest, they're our future. So like we need them. We need them. I'm not certain our generation is going to save the planet. So hopefully they are, whatever that means, um, our kids. But we just, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I put a lot of pressure on myself. And 
mean mommy happens. I think that's what I want to say today and what I feel like I need to say out loud to myself and to you is that mean mommy happens and it's okay. She's real. She's in there. Just like, you know, your little girl from who you were growing up is in there. You know, she can pop out and act crazy. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad person. Um, and mom guilt is real. But I know that it's me placing the guilt on me. And anyone else who is trying to place guilt on me about anything as it relates to my parenting, I don't care about. I care about how I parent my kids. I care about how Maddie parents my kids. I care about our relationship with our kids as it relates to parenting. Um, but I have to work harder about not placing that guilt on myself because I am doing the very best job I can every moment of every day for them. You know, I'm not running a business and working this hard just out of pure passion for it. I am making money to send them to a good school, to pay for all the things they want to do, to take them on trips, you know, and part of that is that I get tired and worn out and that can make me crabby, but I have to give myself grace within that because I am doing what I need to do to do right by them, to give them everything they need and to be the best mom that I can be. And also to be an example for them. You know, I want them to know mommy worked really hard to build a business and, um, worked really hard to take care of herself and our family and us. And, you know, she didn't always hold it together, but a lot of the time she did and she had a lot on her plate, but she did a great job. And, you know, I want them to respect me. And I do think that they won't respect me if, um, I don't set boundaries and part of setting boundaries Um, is drawing limits and setting limits, drawing lines. Sometimes that involves raising your voice, being terse, being forceful, being abrupt, being direct, being, I wish, I mean, I would like to be scary less. I don't like it when they think I'm scary and they say, mommy, you're being scary. I don't like that. I'm not into being scary but I'm working on that. And, um, you know, I'm doing so much better than I used to do. I mean, so much better, you know, um, it's a work in progress. I am a work in progress and that's what this is all about. You know, I have so much that I've experienced and am experiencing and that I'm learning from and have learned from. And all I can do is share that and share my 
perspective on it and my thoughts on it. And I've learned so much from my friends as it relates to parenting, you know, all of those who came before me and asked so many questions of them. And how did you handle this or that, or really just cried? Like, this is how I acted today. And I feel awful. And so many times they said to me, it's okay. There are going to be days like that. You know, you are not a bad person for having that kind of a day with your kids. Um, treat yourself kindly. You're learning to have patience with your kids. And in that process, you need to have patience with yourself. And that's what I'm learning is that I deserve as much patience as they deserve. I I don't expect patience from them. They're just little. They're just learning how to be in the world. But I deserve patience from me to me. Um, you know, cause I really am doing the very best I can. And every day I have to remind myself, you know, they are just little people. I mean, Than has been on this earth for five years and it's incredible how much he has learned and what a wonderful person he's become in that time and court just in seven years. I mean, obviously I have shoes older than that. I have underwear older than that. I mean, they are incredible little beings and I am so thankful for them. Um, and as hard as it gets and, you know, as exhausting as it can be and as challenging as it can be, particularly on those days when I'm on my own, um, I'm happy to be doing it. And it's my very, 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 very best role in life. It's my best job, my favorite job. I believe it's the role I shine the most at. Um, and I just think that the moral of the story, at least for today, because obviously this is a continuing conversation certainly with me and my friends and me and my husband and, you know, me and my family, um, as much as it will be on here is that, you know, the moral of the story today is just to be patient and kind with yourself. We all have bad, hard days as parents. It's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. Do what you need to do to let it go. Mom guilt gets you absolutely nowhere. Same with any kind of guilt. Guilt is a fruitless emotion, in my opinion. So I'm going to feel good that I got up and did a bar class at 6am. That makes me feel like beyond righteous as a human being. I'm going to have some more coffee. I'm going to do some more things today that make me feel good, like drinking bubbly water, which just like is this crazy thing that brings me a lot of joy. Um, while I watch Bravo, totally giving myself at least an hour of Bravo today, because for me, it's like having a piece of candy. Like that is what watching Bravo is for me. Um, and when Housewives of New York and Housewives of Beverly Hills are on simultaneously, 
oh my God, it's like heaven on earth. I mean, it's too good. It's like so much goodness all at once. Um, so I'm going to let myself do that. And I'm going to have dinner tonight with two friends who are just awesome and make me laugh so much. And I just love them so much. And I'm so glad to have that time after two full days of parenting on my own. And I'll be so glad to see my cute hubs again tonight. And he will take over and take them to baseball and do all those things. And, um, I'm just going to be thankful for a sunny day, for a day where I am giving myself um, room to make mistakes and power on and charge on as a mom and a woman, an event planner, a friend, a sister, a wife, a person who is always in progress. So take some time for yourself today, whatever that looks like, even if it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes of your favorite podcast or favorite Bravo TV show, or take a walk or get a manicure. One of my other favorite things to do 10 minutes of reading a book. If you need a good book, my dear friend, Kristen Cusick Lewis just wrote her third novel. Um, which is called Half of What You Hear. And oh, it's so good. It's so juicy. Go pick it up. Um, She has two others called Save Me and How Lucky You Are. And they are great reads. Take some time to read um, whatever it is, but take 10 minutes for yourself because Lord knows you deserve it no matter what you're doing, Um, whether or not you have small children takes a lot to get through a day, especially when you're reading the crazy news and, um, you know, all that stuff. So I am thankful to be able to share all of this with you, whoever you are, if anyone's out there listening. Um, and I will be back with you again soon. Enjoy the day. Lots of love. Bye.